1: Now the real reason for the persecution Any persecution of scripture Is because we follow Jesus Christ It's not because they don't like your hair They don't like your style It's not because you're a Democrat, Republican They hate you because of Jesus Christ Jesus said in John chapter 15 verses 18 to 20 If the world hates you You know that it hated me Before it hated you If you were of the world The world would love its own We need to examine ourselves The world loves you think twice. Where do you
0: stand? Are you experiencing persecution and hatred from the world? Why? Is it because you're standing by laws and religious rituals? Is it because you're siding with political groups that aren't mainstream? Or is it because you're following Jesus and sharing his truth and love? As Pastor Eddie will point out in today's message, when you truly follow Christ, it's going to be fully countercultural, and despite your best efforts, you will make enemies. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Their Conversion. I want to I want to run,
2: I want right to I wanna run to I want to I want to run, I'm running the
1: hills. The chosen ones who accept Jesus Christ as Lord of Persons, see, those are the chosen ones. And so Paul said, you became imitators of us. And then back in, in, in chapter 1 of verse 6, he'll say, you became imitators of me, Paul. So they, they followed Paul in verse, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul says, and you became followers of us. No, you imitated us. And of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And so they became imitators in the sense that they became Christians. They became Christians. And this is important You know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And there are a lot of Christians that want people to follow them, but they're not really following Christ. We need to set the example so that people can follow and learn how to follow. And Paul was that perfect example. You know, the church throughout Christ, I mean, the church throughout history, even today, has suffered much persecution because Jesus Christ is our Messiah. I mean, again, I always say, America doesn't know what persecution is. We have no idea what it is, okay? We're getting that in some way or another. Today, we're being persecuted for our stand for life. And we got everything backwards. In our country, you'll be fined $250,000 and two years in prison if you destroy an eagle egg. However, if you want to abort and kill a baby, regardless of its stage, they will help you and even pay for it. You know, I think Billy Graham's wife said it best. If God doesn't judge America, then he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology but it's by God's grace that we're still here. It's God's grace. So these very same people will protest, save the whales, hug the trees, but let's kill our babies. As if that makes sense, is they call it pro-choice. I call sin for what the Bible calls sin. I don't care the new terminology that they use to be, again, uh, politically correct. I like to be biblically correct. It's murder. And so we are persecuted because, of those, because of, this is what we believe. We believe in a God that's against these things and tells us not to do these things. And we, out of love, is sharing. Listen, this is sin before God. One day you will stand before God. The Bible says it is appointed man to die once. After that, the day of judgment. Don't believe in Harry Krishna that you're going to turn into a butterfly or a cow. No, after death you will stand before God in the judgment seat for what you have done. Now, the real reason for the persecution, any persecution of Scripture, is because we follow Jesus Christ. It's not because they don't like your hair, they don't like your style. It's not because you're a Democrat, Republican. They hate you because of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 18 to 20, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. We need to examine ourselves. The world loves you. Think twice. Where do you stand? Yet, because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I say to you. Remember calvary chapel remember the word i say to you a servant is not greater than his master if they persecuted me and they did they crucified him on the cross they will also persecute you if you keep that's only if you keep not because you call yourself a christian but if you keep my word they will keep yours also Verse 14 and 15, For you, brethren, became imitators of churches of God, which are in Judea, in Christ Jesus. For you also suffer the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans. Verse 15, Who killed both the Lord Jesus Christ and their own prophets, and have persecuted us. Persecution is in the Old Testament, all the way up to the New Testament. There's persecution everywhere from Cain killing his brother Abel because he was right with God to the book of Revelation where many would be persecuted. Those that are left behind, the tribulation saints, if you will, those that accept Christ during the tribulation, not the ones that have been raptured up before the tribulation. We're going to talk in our future chapters talk more about you know, the rapture and the coming of Christ. But listen to this. The, the Thessalonians... You and I, we're not alone in this suffering. We're not alone. We are followers of Jesus Christ and think we're in good company, by the way. They persecuted and crucified our Savior. They killed and crucified the prophets. They're going to do it to you too. You're not special. In Timothy, it says, those who desire godly life will suffer persecution. Jesus says you will have tribulation, you know? Here's the question: who killed Jesus? Who killed Jesus? Well, you have the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin council, they, they pushed you know Rome to crucify Jesus. You had the crowd cried out, crucify him, and the Roman soldiers were the one that did the physical actual nailing Jesus to the cross. But who crucified Jesus? The true answer is I did. Who crucified Jesus? you did. Jesus died for the sins of the world. From Adam to the very last man to the end to Christ comes. Jesus every man, woman, boy, or girl that has flesh was born. Think about it. It's beautiful when a woman gives birth to a baby. Well, Grace so beautiful. The baby is born a sinner. We're born to sin. Well the baby, you know, until it gets to the age of accountability has to answer to the Lord and has to make that personal commitment. And say, I accept Jesus Christ the Lord personal Savior. And that's why the baptism of baby is not in the Bible, by the way. Jesus was baptized when he was 30. You don't baptize when does a baby come to Satan as priest? And you sprinkle water of them and on your behalf, you're gonna No, that child when he gets to the age of accountability, is gonna have to account for itself. But their sin, as soon as a child is born, their sin. And we know this, parents, you know this. When your child was a year and a half old, who did that? Not me. (laughs) Who taught a one and a half year old how to lie? It's natural. It's the flesh. And and, and, and a child from birth, when you were a child too, they accept Jesus Christ. We're sinners. We sin, but we're not sinners in the sense that we don't practice sin. We've it all the time. You know, the Bible says if we say we don't sin, we call, we call God a liar. But he's talking to Christians, but we confess our sins. Ultimately, God has paid for my sins, past, present, and future. Do I blow it every now and then? Absolutely. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. But I'm, I don't practice sin, so we all sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and I fall short of the glory of God. And because we sin, God sent his son. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. And the special Bible verse of the week from BBS, Romans, Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that we was, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we crucified Christ. So this persecution, think about it. There was no such thing as a Christian martyr before the crucifixion of Christ. It all began with the cross. And from there on, I guess, you know what? They're gonna kill you. It's just like they kill me. Now you may say, Lord, why do I have to die that way? You know? Well, how much do you love them? Are you willing to die? Christians are willing to be Christians. Oh yeah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But when it comes to being tried and, and being persecuted, maybe your life is at stake. There was a story of um, a village. I don't remember the village, but it's some third world country in the middle of war. And there was this group of people just praying. The churches were being persecuted. But they, a group of people, just stood in the church and they said, we're going to pray. Then these men came in with guns. And they, say, they pointed their guns at the church. Group, the congregation, they say, Who here is a Christian? Two-thirds ran out. Only a third remained. And after they left, they the men who had the guns, they put down their guns and they said, Okay, let's worship God. I want to worship God with real Christians. Again, we don't know about that in America. We don't. Here's the beautiful part. Jesus came to die of his own will. It was the plan, it was the will of God. He came out of his own way, left his throne in glory, and it says, I'm coming down, and I'm going to pay for your sins. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 17, 18, Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. So don't think that Jesus came and it was surprised. Uh, I mean, it'll be crucified God, Father God. No, he knew that's why he left His throne. Before he made it to the manger, he knew he was coming to die for the sins of the world. And so you're in good company, saints. Verse 15, he said, but who killed both the prophets, I mean, the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they do not please God and are contrary to all men. Little do the persecutors know that by persecuting the church, you don't please God, but you don't mess with God either. Persecuting the church, you're persecuting Christ. You remember Paul in Acts chapter 9, you could read the story of his conversion. Before his name was Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus before he was a christian he was a terrorist by definition to the church he persecuted the church and on his way on the road to damascus he had a letter getting ready to persecute more Christians, kill and put them into prison and christ came and appeared before him and knocked them off his high horse and what did jesus say in acts chapter 9 verse 4 and 5 says saul saul why are you persecuting me and he said, who are you, Lord? The Lord then said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The world don't understand. And even during this uh, restriction, during this COVID, you know, churches are being fined, persecuted all the time. They don't realize you're messing with Jesus Christ. And the reason is the church is the bride. And I know there's a lot of real men in here. If anybody messes with your bride, what are you going to do? Yeah. Nobody messaged my wife, right? And that's the same way Jesus said, you know, you don't persecute the church. But can I say sometimes that we in some way persecute one another. You know, we, we judge people. We need to be careful. You know, we, we judge that church because they don't see things the way we do. They don't do church the way we do church. So they don't look like us. They're not part of our denomination or demonation, whatever you want to call it, Right? And we tend to knock them down, or become heresy hunters. Uh, I I come across so many heresy hunters. Oof! They always finding fault in everybody. Every preacher speaking, no matter what. God could be doing a move, and they might be right in some things. But that's all they do is is they're sin sniffers, right? Fault finders. And we need to be careful. We need to pray for the church. We need to stand together because we are. Though we are many people, many members, we're one body. The body has many members of itself, hands, feet, you know, fingers, toes. And that's the same way the church is, but it's one body. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. He says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. If anything, again, we need to stand together, obviously with those that are not preaching heresy or preaching another Jesus. I will stand for any church that believes in Jesus Christ, him crucified, that believes in Christ um, is the only source. He is the only way to, G- to the Father, believes in the return of Christ, believes in the doctrine, believes in repentance, salvation, anything else, but I will stand with them. And there are more Christians that are being persecuted every year. It's just amazing than any other religion, any other religion. But here's the amazing thing about it. The church still grows. It's still here. It is still here. They're being persecuted in China. They're still growing. And we see that's how it works when you look at the story of, of Moses and Israel and Egypt. What? They, 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 uh, not the pharaoh that knew Joseph. Another pharaoh came along years later when Moses. And they, what did they do? They started. They, they ordered all the male Jews to be tossed into the a crocodile-fested uh, river. And they found that they continue to grow. I think that's probably why the, what the church needs in America. Now, don't get mad at me. But, I, I, hey, I rather, listen, I think, I think Charles Spurgeon said it best. He said, I'd rather have people angry at me in heaven than happy, with, happy for me in hell. The reality is, I'm not probably paraphrasing, paraphrasing that correctly, but the reality is, I'd rather tell you, hey, narrows the way. They'll go the wide way. I'm telling you the truth. Because when it comes to persecution, we need to be ready. But here's the thing. If you find, as a matter of fact, I remember when I used to drive to work, it was about an hour, 20 minutes, every morning, about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm on the road, I like to listen to the radio. It was my prayer closet on wheels, it was my church on wheels. And I would listen to the radio station. And there was this this pastor who was speaking uh, secretly with a woman in China, and secretly we're sharing what God is doing in China, even though they're being persecuted badly, they're being put in prison, they're being beat up, their, their, their homes are being raided, their, their churches are, or wherever they fellowship are being burnt down. And he said, you know, he told her while he's here in America, telling her while she's there in China, he said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to have a prayer service. We're going to have a prayer ministry for you in China. And you know what the woman says? She says, no, don't pray for us. We're growing we're flourishing, we're growing, pray for America. And it's the truth. At the end of verse 15, it says, and they do not please God and are contrary to all men, verse 16, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins. But wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. The persecution of the church, at the same time, they are hindering and stopping the spread of the gospel That's a double whammy right there. God is going to bring judgment. In other words, by doing this, they continue to pile up their sins is what Paul is saying. But the anger of God will catch up with them. The anger of God will catch up with them. And people forget, yeah, we serve a mighty God, a merciful God. And this will also be applicable for us. We need to understand. We think that, oh, yeah, God's going to judge the world. Yeah, bad people, sinners. Yeah, fire brimstone, Lord. We forget that judgment comes in the house of God first. You know better. God expects more from you. And God has, he has a limit. And yes, we talk about the love of God. God is full of love. We talk about his grace. He's full of grace. We talk about his mercy. He's full of mercy. We talk about his patience. He's full of patience. But he does have a limit. You find that in Genesis, before the Lord brought judgment of the flood. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. What happened? The flood. The flood. What do you think is going to happen in the next judgment? You find that in 1 Peter. You find that in Revelation chapter 6 through 19, if you want to know the judgment of God. But one thing, God is merciful, he's great. He has love, grace, mercy, and patience because that's who he is. He, he loves you so much, he has so much grace, but he always gives a warning. He doesn't just judge you out of the blue. He just gives you warning after warning after warning. That's what he did with Pharaoh, until he hardened his heart. That language say until God hardened his heart. Not a God hardened his heart, God confirmed him. That's where you are, and God knows when people will not repent. He knows, and that's what happened to Pharaoh. John chapter 3, verse 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, but he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. And so this is why Christ came. Verse 17, But we, brethren, haven't been taken away from you for a short time in the presence, not in heart, endeavoring more eagerly to see your face with great desire. You'll find the background of the story, if you read Acts chapter 17 from Where you see what he's talking about. He was there for only three weeks, as we said, but then this angry mob was following him. Remember, they wanted to kill him because he, the church is growing, obviously, he's the leader, right? Uh, that's what they think, is Jesus Christ, but everywhere he goes, he's sharing the gospel. And so, he's saying, we're with you for a little while, but this separation, though it's physical, they weren't separated at heart, they were one, and one day we'll all meet them. We'll all get to meet Paul. That's the way God planned it. Planned in heaven, prepared for those who believe in him who have life. Verse 18, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan has hindered us. Time and again, meaning twice, that he wanted to go back, but Satan hindered them. Now, we don't know what Paul was saying. It could be anything. You know, and, and for Paul to accuse Satan, you know, it really was Satan. It was spiritually discerned. You know how today I, guess I know some people, oh, that was the enemy. Oh, that was Satan. Oh, They blame everything. Oh, the milk, the milk spoiled. That's Satan. You know, everything is Satan. They blame the devil made me do it. You know, it's, always, it's not always the case. Be careful, okay? Because you don't want to bring attention to the enemy. You want to give God the glory and say, Lord, what is this? This is where it is. God's in control. All things work for good for those who love the Lord, right? And so this is Paul. He's just saying, hey, this is the enemy. He's the one, you know, and he knows this. But Satan is out there to destroy. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. So be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. Now, we, again, some people may say, well, you know what? Then that means Paul could have made it to Thessalonica. And Satan stopped him. Does Satan have the upper hand? I don't think so. In the same way, I gave you that illustration with the guy who, had a flat, pulled a car. If, if Paul would have made it to Thessalonica as he wanted to, we would not have 1st and 2nd Thessalonians in our lap. We wouldn't know what God has done at Thessalonica. You and I would not know about the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord, those who would be raptured and those who would be caught up. It's in Thessalonians. So we've been blessed. The church for almost 2,000 years have been blessed sitting uh, you know, and studying the word of God first and second Thessalonians, it's, it's awesome. It's changed lives. I'll leave you with this last verse, and I promise. John 16, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Here it is. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That is your Lord. That is your Savior. Amen. Running
0: the race You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and applicable things in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Toward the end of this book, there are some verses that might be viewed as a test or a challenge, depending on what you're going through. The author of this letter, the Apostle Paul, says to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. Do you have much to be thankful and grateful for today? Be reminded that Jesus coming back someday is the greatest reason to rejoice. It's a hope that you can hold on to when the rest of the world is hopeless. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you.
1: We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located
2: off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit RunningTheRaceRadio.com and click on the Back to homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is RunningTheRaceRadio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at RunningTheRaceRadio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we look forward to the next edition of Running the Race.